You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every single day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail and at not of the scribe. I apologize for not giving everyone an episode yesterday. I had a lot of stuff going on with work. Not I had car trouble. He was taking care of some things with his car. I actually got an oil change today myself. Nice. Try to knock that out. And then, yep, able to take care of that. So good that I don't have to worry about that anymore. So basically, we just needed to get our lives together, get my work life together, get our car lives together. But now we're back, even if Missing a Monday show, not ideal, but that's what had to happen. So hopefully we're back and better. Now, here's the thing. It's also Martin Martin Luther King Day, and we both could have called out black, too. So there's that as well. Like, um, Yes, for sure you, because you are black. And every once in a while, when you decide to extend the invitation to the cookout, then every once in a while, possibly allow me to do that. But it's really up to you. Exactly. Exactly. That. That's what we did. I just gave you the cookout invite, <laughs> and then we, that's, that's how this happened. So it's okay. All right, so we're, we were off for MLK Day then. And forget everything I just said. It wasn't because of anything else other than we were just practicing and observing MLK Day. So there you go. That's the reason that we were not giving you a show on a Monday. We did miss a decent amount of stuff, though. We did get a two-minute report that made a lot of Charlotte Hornets fans angry in that last game against the Toronto Raptors, a second straight loss to the Tampa Bay Raptors by three points. Terry Rozier doesn't get the call at the end. He's not shooting free throws and eventually the Raptors would hold on. We can talk about that as the show goes on and some of the things we missed over the weekend. Hornets not going to be playing for a long time and Nada, let's just go ahead and jump into that right now. We should be getting ready for a Washington Wizards game tomorrow, but that game has been postponed. The Hornets and Wizards game tomorrow postponed over contact tracing for the Wizards, not on behalf of the Charlotte Hornets, just so everybody knows, but it's for the Wizards. And if the Hornets had to have a game postponed, timing kind of works according to Rick Bennell. Uh, timing kind of works for them because that's a five-day break to rest and practice after 10 games in 16 days. And this is something I mentioned, Nada. Uh, the last time that they had at least three days of rest, it was their 12-27 and 12-30 games uh-huh. between the Nets and the Mavericks. They would win both of those contests. And they're actually going to go close to a week between these games. So Saturday, I believe they played against the Toronto Raptors. And then the next game is going to be this Friday against Chicago. So how much do you think the rest can be uh, beneficial for the Charlotte Hornets? I think it's very beneficial, quite honestly. This makes a lot of sense. There are people that are upset about the content. Read me. I am one of those people that's semi-upset that we don't have content, as much content as we're going to get creative. But at the same time, for them to have five days off after 10 and 16 with additional practice time, additional time to get rookies caught up to speed. I'm not saying they're going to be ready to go on Friday, but if a Jalen McDaniels make, takes another step and learns in this five-day process, you get a, a Grant Rittler, not necessarily Grant Rittler, but like a Martin twin that understands something a little bit more. Maybe a Malik Monk that goes back into the lab and starts looking at film I oh, don't God. 
I, I, quite honestly, I don't see this as a bad thing. This is a very good thing. It's a very welcome reprieve. We thank the NBA and the Washington Wizards for handling their COVID situation just as about as miserably as possible. <laughs> because without that, you wouldn't get this nice little break that the Hornets have earned going 10 and 16. And you know what? Staying competitive in most of those 10 and 16 outside of the Dallas games Outside of the Dallas and the Philly games, they stayed competitive in seven of them. That's more than you can expect, basically, as a Hornets fan. Stay competitive. Stay Again, stay low and keep building. Yeah, I I think as far as the guys that it benefits the most, um, even with Gordon Hayward playing close to 40 minutes in this one, and he looked good. I mean, you see him shooting pretty well from the field and getting to the foul line quite a bit. Gordon Hayward still is probably one of the biggest beneficiaries of having all of this time off, especially with a couple of the injuries that have, they haven't plagued him. I think to say they've plagued him is wrong. They've just been there. They might be nagging. It held him out of the first contest against the Raptors, came back the second time, but at least he gets another week to heal from all of this. So I think it benefits him. You know, the Devonte Graham thing is interesting because here he has a good shooting night actually seven of 15 from the field. He actually hit four three pointers. So Nada, you actually see him hit some two point field goals and some three point field goals where he was really giving you either or in the good games that he had put together somewhat of a complete game, even giving you seven assists, which is nice. Zero turnovers. You know, you look at the stats for Devonte Graham. This is the best stat line. I think we've seen from yes. him just as far as no mistakes, okay, I'm going to sprinkle in some two-point shots, shoot 50% from the field close to it, close to shooting 50% from the perimeter, Um, actually got to the foul line four times, even if he did miss a couple of those free throws. So a pretty nice stat line for Devontae Graham. I wonder if the rest takes away some of the momentum. I can't even talk. Takes away some of the momentum. I lost momentum on that sentence. Takes away (laughs) some of that from Devontae, or if he's able to maybe come back, kind of think about what went right for him in that game, and then try to apply that again against Chicago. I I think it just... I think these guys needed rest. I think these guys needed film. I think they needed practice. I think they needed live rounds. And I think they needed something low stakes right now. And that's why I'm kind of okay with just practice and film right now because this helps the younger guys. This helps LaMelo. Again, this helps LaMelo out. This helps guys add new wrinkles to different things. This helps coaches go digest a whole bunch of film that they otherwise wouldn't have had time to do this week. So I'm okay with, like, there's a lot of these wrinkles. And when we start talking about Devontae Graham, you know what? Maybe a five-day break is the best thing for him because it allows him to get away from basketball for a little bit, get his mind right. And then when Friday comes, you just go out guns blazing, have a better mentality going forward. I know the guys in the locker room believe in him, and we'll get into that at some point, but I kind of think this might be the best thing involved for Devontae right now. Yeah, and let's go ahead and just mention it while we're here. Terry Rogier did speak and say, uh, he did say that they believe in Devontae Graham, that they're not listening to the outside noise. Devontae knows that they all have his back. Real quickly, Nada, it, it, you know, just more of Terry Rozier being a leader and never says anything that I'm frustrated with by any stretch of the imagination, constantly showing how good of a leader he is, which again, it's hilarious given the expectations everybody else put on him when pushed into this veteran role with this Hornets team. But the guy has answered the bell time and time again. 
no different here when backing up Devontae. No, no different here. And I'm just one of those people, like, I'm just glad that Terry Rozier is around here, and I'm glad we didn't trade him at the first possible time, first possible point, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's he's been very good. He's for been this awesome team. for this team. He's been a developmental rock. And when you have that kind of guy that can basically say, yo, we got your back, he's going to be the locker room leader. Like, at this point with Terry Rozier, the, the superlatives, like, they come from us. All the time. At this point, there's nothing that there's nothing more you can say. He's done everything he's set out to do in terms of establishing himself as a leader in this locker room. He's established himself as one of the better players in this locker room. And he's leading by not only example, but he's leading with his words. You cannot ask anything more of Terry Rozier at this point. And and the and the three point percentage continues to just be absolutely insane. Here's a fun stat. Before I actually have a couple of fun stats that just kind of looking at these game logs. There's some weird ones to go to. But how about this one for Terry? Ever since January second, the first game against Philadelphia, every single game Terry Rozier has at least shot four three pointers. Every every other game besides this uh, first one against Toronto, he shot more than four three pointers. And every single game since January second, he shot at least forty percent from three. Not altogether. Every single one of those games, he shot at least forty percent from three. So pretty ridiculous what Terry Rozier is doing from the field right now, shooting the basketball. What else is pretty ridiculous is how good Built Bar is. And Nada, we can speak on this firsthand because of the huge box that Built Bar sent to us with an array of. Flavors. Did you get in your Cherry Barcia yet with this latest? Yes, I did get in my Cherry Barcia. We are officially the Barcia boys. Like between that and then their shake supplements. Yo, I'm absolutely here for Built Bar right now. They gave us the immune boost. They were awesome. You just mix it in your drink and you feel great afterwards. And Cherry Barcia, look, it can still hold the crown. I'll tell you, that lemon almond cheesecake is coming for it, though. It's one of the six new flavors that Built Bar came out with. They still have the 12 original ones, though. Don't get it twisted. Coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, it's all still there. And they've got plenty of grams of protein in it. Also, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. You don't have to feel guilty about it. That's what I liked. I went to it. I didn't have to feel guilty. Just 180 calories per energy bar and i was good to go after that another great thing about it is you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last you can go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com a couple of other stats i want to take a look at and also is pj washington just way over all the struggles that he had at the beginning of the season that's coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start, and that means you need a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want some of those more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. You can subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast. Now, I mentioned this off wax, as you might say. I want to talk to you about Gordon Hayward's stats and just some of the weird trends that were we're seeing from him. So the season debut and the two games following that. So the first three games of the NBA season, we see him come up with seven assists apiece. 
I thought that would be something that kind of continues, maybe not directly seven assists per game, but I thought this would be somebody that is a great mover of the ball. Certainly not going to be a ball stopper by any means. Rick Bennell has called him a connector a lot, and I think that's a, a pretty decent word to describe him. And you saw that in the first three games. Not only was he shooting well, but he was also passing the ball at a high level and getting rewarded some assists, kind of doing it all. So since those th- first three games that he had for the Charlotte Hornets this season, again, collecting at least seven assists in those contests. He hasn't had a seven assist game since. And the most he's had is six in that first game against Philadelphia. Every single other game, no more than three. Just weird. Just kind of a weird stat line because there's been plenty of games that they've played. So three games with seven assists, one game with six, and all of the other contests that he's played, no more than three. Yeah, that is weird. Interesting. Yeah, weird a little bit there, but that's not even the weirdest one. Okay. So here's Gordon Hayward and the free throw discrepancy. The first four games of the year, Gordon Hayward did not take more than three free throw uh, free throw attempts in any of these games. So the first four games of the year, all happening in December, only two and three free throw attempts per game. The only time that he's taken more than four, it's been three times, but it's been against Atlanta, where he went 10 of 12, New York, where he went 10 of 10, and Toronto, where he went 10 of 10. Every single other game that they've played besides those three, the most free throw attempts that he's had in any contest is four. That's the most that he's had. And I remember Rick Bennell writing an article about Gordon Hayward and that fantastic performance that he had against the Atlanta Hawks the first time around. He had 44 points, and he did go to the foul line, hitting 10 of his 12 free throw attempts. And Rick said, this is the thing that is the biggest takeaway. Not only was he hitting from the field at a good rate, but he got to the foul line in a way that he simply was not doing in the first few contests of this season. Goes a couple of games in between the New York Knicks one, and boom, gets to the foul line 10 times, makes every single one of them. Dallas. Uh, You only go to the line four times, misses the first Toronto game, and the second one, boom, goes the foul line ten times and hits all of them. Is is there anything to take away from that, or is that just a weird one? Like, if you were to ask me, Nada, I think when he's feeling it and when he's in the zone, you see him see a weakness, decide, you know what, I'm feeling froggy, I'm going to get in the pain, I'm going to take some abuse, and I'm going to go to the foul line and hit my free throw attempts. You'd like to see this be a little bit more consistent because you would look at the free throw trips per game in the month of January, and it's a little over five. Maybe you want more, but that's not really bad. No, I I I think five free throw attempts per game is fine, but it's really all coming in three games. Mm -hmm. So I I hope that he continues to be more aggressive and gets sent to the charity. One thing I, I would point out is a lot of those games where he's gotten to the line, they've needed all of those points. So I think it's kind of, I don't want to say it's kind of an indictment about how stagnant the offense can be at times, but it kind of is. At the same time, it's kind of awesome. It's like you said, it's a statistical anomaly that makes absolutely no sense when it comes to a Gordon Hayward. But at the same time, like there's so many different like nuances and subtleties to all of this that I just love right now when it comes to Gordon Hayward. And the biggest thing that I think I can come up with right now is, yo, he's worth the money. He's going to be doing this. He's going to be doing that. He's worth this. He's worth that. And he's getting to the line and he's basically doing everything you expected him to do for $30 million a year. Now, granted, is that going to come at the expense of some wins for the folks that wanted to tank? Yes. At the same time, it's nice to have what I would call a top 50 player in the league right now. We haven't had one since Kemba. And Kemba was scraping at, at the Kemba, again. Charlotte Kemba was scraping 
29-30. With a guy like Gordon Hayward, you could say he might be a top 22 guy right now in the league. His numbers have been very, very good. And, and even just mentioning that free throw percentage, it's 93.1. When Gordon Hayward goes to the free throw line, he's going to knock him down. It only benefits the Hornets, in a, especially in the half-court offense where they've not been good this year. They've been good in transition, but especially in the half-court offense when they haven't been good, if Gordon Hayward can find some way to get aggressive, try to get downhill towards the basket and get fouled, then you're talking about an easy two points if he doesn't hit the, doesn't hit the shot. So certainly something that you would hope um, can continue going forward. I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online AG. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. It's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, it's your online sportsbook expert. Take a look at some of the leftover takes about the Charlotte Hornets this past weekend coming up in the last segment of Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little, I listen, hold on. I, now see. Uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know I'm uh, under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. You can get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first Big Board of the year out with profiles of Kate Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. A bunch of studs in this draft class. You can subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcast. Now let's take a look at PJ Washington's recent game log. He's been looking pretty good in all of these games that he's played here recently. You look at this past one, the second game against the Raptors, he goes six of 13 and hits one three-pointer of the three that he took, goes seven of 14 in the first game against the Raptors. And uh, those, those, uh, those two games, he looked mm-hmm. good. Not the greatest percentage against Dallas and New York, but I think really started to take a step up in that second game against Atlanta when he went seven of 11. Are, are we at the point now where we're just saying, yeah, PJ is completely past whatever that was at the, at the part of the season where I, I know we've talked about him not being in shape. James Brago certainly said it. Are we just completely past that kind of basketball from PJ? We can expect some good basketball moving forward. I wouldn't say we can expect because he's a still a second year player, but I would say we can like, we can look forward to it. Like we can hope. I don't want to put expect. Expect is a little bit too much for P.J. Washington right now, unfortunately. What I saw in the first two weeks shook me. It shook my faith. And maybe I shouldn't let it shake my faith. But it has shaken my faith in P.J. Washington just a little bit. But he gives us another week or two of this, and yo, he'll be back into the Sharpie club. Like, the guys that you can trust to bring it every night and put them in Sharpie, you could say it's Gordon, it's Terry, and maybe it's LaMelo. After that, everybody else kind of suspect. I want to put mm-hmm. either Miles 
or I want to put PJ in that Sharpie club right now. And unfortunately, I can't do it. I want to, but I can't right now. Yeah, and let's talk about the rotation. Perhaps it's taken us a little too long to get here. Uh, James Borrego, he dwindles down the rotation even more so, Nada. I mean, he went with seven guys in this past game against Toronto. Malik, in the first game against Toronto, has a good game. Comes out, plays well, specifically in the first half, hitting a few three-pointers, but I thought looked good. And then in the second game, gets early minutes, and then is immediately yanked back to the bench, has the one turnover, makes a mistake, and James Brego not having it anymore. Not much leeway whatsoever for Malik Monk, and that's what I was worried about. I was worried about Malik having a good performance the night before, coming in the next game because it warrants at least some type of opportunity, and then I was worried about that opportunity getting taken away. As soon as he makes a mistake, he does, gets yanked four minutes for Malik in this contest against Toronto, and not only Malik, but you're talking about Kayla Martin coming in as somebody that Borrego did trust. He's the guy that actually got the start for uh, Gordon Hayward when he was out in that first game against Toronto. Kayla Martin just plays five minutes, misses a couple of shots from the field, misses one of his two free throw attempts, and uh, he's done. So now they went with the seven-man rotation, the normal starting lineup that they've been going with all along, and then they only play Miles Bridges 26 minutes, and they play LaMelo Ball 23 minutes. This is also starting lineup that overall this season has not performed well and yet here's James Borrego having everybody in the starting lineup play 34 or more minutes Miles Bridges only plays 26 LaMelo Ball only plays 23 James Borrego you're damn near seeing the exact hierarchy yeah. that he has of all yeah. the players on this team I think maybe LaMelo I mean LaMelo I I don't expect him to get 23 minutes going forward constantly right like that's he's going to get more than that but you're seeing who James Brago is most comfortable with, and it's the starters. That means Bismack Biombo. And when you're going to the bench, it's only Miles Bridges and Lamelo that he feels comfortable with playing significant minutes. I, right I, now. And I, the thing is, I don't blame him. I kind of don't blame him because if you're going to get iffy play from Caleb Martin, then okay. If you're going to get iffy play from the from Cody Martin, okay, I get it. If you're going to get iffy play from Malik Monk, like I just. After Bridges and Ball, who do you trust on this on that bench? And no one has stepped up for enough of a sustained period to say, "Here's my shot at the at, at getting that rotation to eight." Unfortunately, and my only question is with this: At what point do does Mitch have to step in and say? And I'm not saying tell James to change his rotation, but step in and say, hey, we need another established bench guy if we're going to compete. Let me go see what I can do with some of these young pieces. Because at this point, the only way that I think this bench changes is a trade and or an explosion in practice from one of the young guys to where he has to play him, play them. Because at this yeah. point, I think he doesn't trust any. I don't think he trusts anyone um basically going seven seven deep at this point and it's frustrating for malik we've, we've done this a million times it is what it is you know he, he teased me with the malik monk first game against mm -hmm. toronto and and doesn't do anything with them after just four minutes in the second game caleb is now and you know barely scraping any playing time whatsoever so it's the seven-man rotation we're talking about i'd like to see malik more in there 
I'm also disappointed that Jalen McDaniels isn't getting any run whatsoever. I it's it, it back just to trust, none. man. They, he doesn't trust I, anybody. Borrego trusts people less I get than it. me, though. And that's something that I didn't think was possible. <laughs> like, I really didn't think that was possible. Like, he don't trust nobody with that. He trusts seven uh, guys. That's it. And I, I'd hate to be the other eight guys that he doesn't trust right now. I really would. Yeah, it's it's McDaniel's and Monk that aren't getting any now. Cody Martin, you know, it, you you talk about this at the beginning of the season. James Borrego mentioned they're going to go with a big rotation and they're going to have to find a way to dwindle it down. Well, they did so within the first fourteen games of the season. By the time they got to fourteen, that's when he decided to go with the seven man rotation. At first, you're putting both Martin twins in, you're putting McDaniel's in, and Malik Monk's on the outs. Now it's Cody sitting on the bench. It's Caleb barely getting any. It's Jalen McDaniels on the bench. And now, you know, Malik is essentially there. I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to count the four minutes that he played, even though they were at a time early in the game. We'll see if this continues, you know, Friday against Chicago. I, I wonder if anything can change enough in practice. You do have a long time. And Bismack, by the way, said that he loved <laughs> that there were five days off before mm-hmm. the next game that you had against Chicago. So um, Biz certainly a fan of it. He called it his all-star break. Uh, <laughs> so certainly good for Biz to get a little bit of an all-star break. I wonder if practice can change anything, but this is what James Brego wants to do, and we'll see if he actually does start to trust any more um, of the players on this roster that are past the seventh man spot. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Bilt Bar for supporting the show. And as always, thank you for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen. Don't forget about them either. Any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. Hopefully we don't have car trouble, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.